just like I think if if you're not changing, then you just kind of like become this old thing that you know, and that might not be a bad thing, but um, I definitely feel like for me getting into happy you know getting into the CPG consumer packaged goods world or um, it, it's been such a huge learning experience and from where I started to what I know now is it's like I went the school of hard knocks you know instead of going to business school I just did it Hi, and welcome to the Sliced Podcast, where we share startup stories from founders, investors, and CEOs from across the globe. A little bit about our platform, Startup Blog Post, is that we're a community where aspiring entrepreneurs and venture capital ecosystem stakeholders can share meaningful insights, engage with colleagues and peers, and stay informed. Hi, and welcome back to the Sliced Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. Today's guest is Jenny Lyons, founder of Happy Leaf Kombucha. Happy Leaf prides itself on its approachable, complex, and refreshing flavors and was the first kombucha capped room in Colorado. With past experience in holistic health, Jenny and Happy Leaf are taking the world by storm with delicious-tasting kombucha and sustainably sourced ingredients. Hi, Jenny. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I know. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have a great conversation. So first, just to get into it, Remind me, you're from Colorado, native? Yes. Okay. To and from. So I was born here, kind of bounced between here and uh, Michigan. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then so. landed here permanently now Yep. for the foreseeable future, at least. Yes. Okay, yep. nice. And did you go to school here? You know, I, fin- I did one year of high school here. Okay. <laughs> but that was it. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, cool. And then just, again, before we get into, like, the real journey part, just, like, some more Denver stuff, I saw online, I was just doing some research before today, that you guys did a yoga and kombucha event at the Beer Spa? Yes. How cool is that? So I've been seeing, like, articles in the Denver Business Journal about the Beer Spa. Yes. What exactly... Is it's is it a real? It's like a full story spa. So the beer spa is the coolest thing okay. that I've ever been like the really? privilege to get to know. So um, the uh, so it's a couple, Damien and uh, Jessica, and they just traveled around the world and they just they ran into these things. I think it was I want to say in Sweden. I'm not I I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but so basically, it's not like beer and you're not sitting in beer you're mm-hmm. you're basically sitting in what would be the wort which is actually really good for your skin because there's all these different herbs and you know um it's like you know when you like wash your hair with beer it makes it soft and silky yeah so this is kind of the same thing so you're almost in like this beautiful you're in this beautiful room and you get it all to yourself and there's a, a big tub and they basically infuse it with um the ingredients that you would find in beer and okay, and it's good for your skin. You can good. sit in there. It's totally mm-hmm. incredibly. Hygienic. Yeah, no. It's so so it's really hygienic because okay. you can go every. They refill and they start from scratch every time. And okay. yeah, and the hops are so calming. Like oh. you just yeah, hops are naturally calming. They're like yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. Of, yeah. Beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like makes you chill. <laughs> I guess yeah. Yeah, I can see how that. Yeah, oh, cool, so it's amazing then It's there. been on my radar. I've wanted okay, to go, yes. but to be honest, I'm actually not a beer drinker. Well, so, so I wasn't sure 
that's the cool part. So like the other part they have is like they have their spa rooms that you rent out, but then you it's like it's like your own you create your own spa experience. So okay. you go from your room and it has like a sauna and a nice shower and everything you want in there, and then you can go out and fill up a cup and they have all these beers on tap. They have gluten-free beers. They have non-alcoholic um, beer. Mm-hmm. They have our kombucha, of course, in cans. Um, they also, you know, like tea and water. So the whole time, you're just kind of like, you can have some beers, or you can have wine, or wow. you can have kombucha. Okay. It's well, so I'm cool. signing. I've driven driven by it enough yeah. that I, but I was just afraid because I'm not a beer drinker. Yeah. I wasn't sure, but with the kombucha there. Yep. See. Yeah. Maybe so I know the I'll beer go. is like the. It, it you know it's like the helpful kind of spa part of it, and then of course you can drink beer. But love yeah, it. That's, the bath is cool. They nailed it bringing that to Denver too. That's oh yeah, just such a you know yeah. Where else? <laughs> You'll have them on here next. They're like, they're oh my the most gosh, awesome we people. should do that. Yeah, yeah. we should do really that. Really cool. Okay, cool. Okay, sorry, that's I, okay. We got derailed. Moving that's backwards. Good. Okay, so one year of high school. Yep. And then, kind of, what was your professional path then? Oh, that's such a good question. It, it's not like anybody else's, I feel See, like. that's great. That's great. That's what makes you unique. That's yeah. why you're on. Yeah. I, um, I've i always been one to just do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so after high school, I, you know, I, I did not go to college. I decided to just kind of go and start moving around and traveling and experiencing. Um, you know, like the school setting was just not one that I could thrive in. And I was just, I'm very hands-on and I, I'm very passionate. So if I'm not like Creating. deep diving into what I mm-hmm. want, I like lose all of my interest. So um, I definitely knew that about myself. So instead of that, I just decided like, okay, I'm just gonna start meeting people. And um, you know, through nannying and all pairing, I was able to move to all these amazing places, That's live awesome. with families, like soak up their culture, learn from them. Um, you know, I worked for entrepreneurs who, you know, definitely just watching them from behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, of course, I love caring for kids. So that was super fun. Um, but it gave me opportunities to just explore and experience. You know, while I was doing that, I did like some online courses um, for like holistic uh, health coaching and mm-hmm. life coaching and stuff like that. That is so cool. Do you yeah. have a favorite place that stands out? That I lived? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's two. So, of, of course, I lived in Tasmania, and that was so beautiful. You wow. know, coming from, like, Colorado and Detroit, like, you know, all of a sudden I'm on a beach. And it was really, really incredible. Um, and just it was just like this small little town you know everyone knew I was there because I was the only American around yeah um but it was a it was a cool experience I was able to travel from there to other places Mm -hmm. you know so that was really amazing but I would say in America I lived in Duluth and people it's like a little secret Duluth Minnesota it's cold but Mm -hmm. just absolutely stunning and I love the outdoors yeah I'm a huge outdoors so is it like it's not mountains so is it um, countryside? Yeah. So I think it, you're right. It's not mountains, but it's, you know, it's very cliffy. You know, okay. it's like all these cliffs. And there's water? Yeah, Lake yeah. Superior. Okay. So you're on Lake Superior. There's just tons of cliffs and forests, and um, it's 
beautiful. You know, you, you have Lake Superiors, like Apostle Islands and all this. So I, I lived up there for a while. Um, nice. You know, and yeah, I think everyone I met along the way was just like very interesting people mm-hmm. that I got to like live with and care for their families. So. Yeah. And I think, again, to your point, outside of a traditional classroom setting, mm-hmm. those are the real life experiences that That's do help right. you grow and help you mold into ultimately the adult that you'll become. And in your case, the entrepreneur that you were yeah. about to become. So, yeah. okay, so you're traveling. Mm-hmm. You're in Duluth. Did you come back to Denver straight from Duluth? Um, no. Well, let me think. Where did I go <laughs> next? <laughs> I've popped around a lot. Um, so I think from there, from Duluth, I actually is when I, I moved back to Michigan for a little bit and then moved overseas. Um, you know, I, I landed after Tasmania in L.A. for a little while, um, which was a cool experience, but culture shock, mm-hmm. which yeah. was also a good life lesson. You right. know, like how we're experiencing our things like really do. It, mm-hmm. it affects us um, mm-hmm. very like physically. So going from an island to the middle of L.A. was it was like a vortex. <laughs> I was like, like where am I? Sh- I have to put shoes on and like. Oh my gosh! So, but that was a that was a cool experience, right? You know, I don't think I'll live in LA, but it was a fun. It was yeah, it was mm-hmm. eye opening. So, when did you first get the idea for Happy Leaf? Was there a pivotal moment? Did you have some kombucha somewhere, mm-hmm. and it struck you in the middle of Tanzania? Was it Tasmania? Tasmania. Yep, yep. Australia. Um, so I think when I was younger, I must have been like 18 or something, I started drinking kombucha because it was like at our little shop over in, when I was living in Minnesota and like the little health food stores. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been kind of in that lifestyle, I guess you could say. Um, and so I started drinking it and I loved it. And, and then, you know, they took it off the shelves and then I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then I started kind of like, just learning about what it was and, you know, how can I, how can I make it? How can I keep drinking this? Um, and I think, so it wasn't until living back here in Colorado, uh, you know, I was in my twenties and, uh, a friend brought a SCOBY over for me and I was like, oh, cool, let's start this up again. So we just started making it and, um, we had a kegerator on at the house, um, where we were living. So, uh, instead of beer all the time, we, switched one out for kombucha and from there it was like I just we just decided to do it I don't know it was it was not really like a we should plan this it was more like we have a cool product and people love it and you know I had already had my own businesses going so I was like let's try this one too okay so you had your own recipe Mm -hmm. and everything that that you had done yourself Mm -hmm. okay and you mentioned you had some other businesses going too so this wasn't your first entrepreneurial venture or what is it what you would consider like your first big one uh well it's the one that I focused on okay (laughs) I think that if I were to focus on what I was doing it would have you know it would have definitely grown it was fun I um I would take people like I would so I did life coaching and health coaching Mm -hmm. and like detox programs for people all around the world so that was cool. Awesome. Yeah, I was able to connect that way. And then also doing um, like adventure retreats. Oh. And I would do all the cooking and I would do classes and I would teach people about food and I love you know, that. connection. So, yeah, I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. So yeah. you're doing this in your house. So what was it like for you getting into the business side of things? Like was yeah. that difficult pitching to investors and kind of what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so also um, – <laughs> 
not your your typical startup, you know. Right. Um, we didn't really go the route of, hey, we need to get this much money to get started. Mm-hmm. We were like, we have enough to go sell at this farmer's market, so let's go do it and see what happens. And then from there, we take that and then make another batch and sell the next weekend. And so it was really like, hey, if it catches on, then we'll have enough money to keep it going. If it doesn't, then we wouldn't. And we'll just kind of keep moving on. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, we initially it was not like a go and pitch a bunch of, you know, have a business plan and all of these things. It was really just very, very much organically grown. And yeah. after doing the farmer's markets, our, um, our you know, our customers were like, where else can we buy this? And I'm like, I'll tell you in a couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> ask me later. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'll find out. And it was, you know, and I think that's that was the moment I realized it wasn't going to be. Because I kind of assumed it was going to be like a, a fun summer gig. Mm-hmm. And then we'd make enough money to like go travel all winter. Mm-hmm. But it was super obvious with our customers. They were like, no, we have to find this. We have to fill our growlers. You know, we can't stop drinking this. So that's that's really what snowballed Happy Leaf. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it sounds like, again, in a different, instead of going the traditional way, you guys yeah. kind of focused on the customer first and right. thought, okay, if we can get enough people on board with this, if we can get a customer base, that'll be enough to kind of catapult us forward. Yeah. Which I think is smart. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you never want to like, for me, I would never want to put a product out there or just put something out there that people don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always right. done like weird things just because of like my holistic lifestyle and, you know, healing with even different herbs and stuff. And I know for a fact that most people, a lot of people are like, that's weird. I don't want it. And so I would never want to kind of like throw something out there that wasn't necessarily supporting Mm -hmm. our community Mm -hmm. or something that anybody wanted. What they wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure there was a need first, kind of, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. So you're doing the, you're doing this on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And so then how did we get from there to a tap room? And Colorado's first, right? Colorado's first. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we it was it was really cool. So we were Denver's first kombucha, which is really cool That's too. That's awesome. I feel um, like that should be on the label somewhere if it's not already. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> we're gonna do a redo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we it was once again it was like okay well we need a tap room we we can only afford so much so we um, we found a warehouse in in what's now Rhino mm-hmm. like very you know Brighton Boulevard back then it was like. Nobody was really down there. Yeah, it was like um, on your way to the airport. Yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> most people didn't really know about Brighton yeah. Boulevard. It was, you know, just warehouses. So we found this old warehouse, and um, and it had like big – it was just huge and open. And I was like, well, let's just do this, and people will find us. They're just filling up growlers, you know. Yeah. Let's let's make it. It doesn't have to be fancy and, you know, right. hip and all of this. So, um, And it ended up being really great. I think it kind of fit our style of just mm-hmm. – just being like pretty down to earth and who this is what we do here you go right so we we just built out like a little tap room um you know after a while i started serving some food and like fermented foods and like share plates and stuff which was cool cool. yeah so do you like to cook as well then Mm -hmm. you mentioned for your adventures and stuff yeah and we ended up having a restaurant for a little over three years oh wow yeah it was good that's really cool everything just kind of yeah the same it just kept like when you know when the opportunity presented, it's like, do we want to do that? Sure, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, what would you say with other kombuchas on the market? What makes Happy Leaf different? 
Yeah, that's a good question because now there's a lot more. There and are. It's exciting. It's like yeah. our, it's our, our community's growing and mm-hmm. people are loving this. Um, and I think for one thing, it's, you know, thinking of fermentation, it's just like, it's like beer. Like you could have one beer that you're like, that is not my style. Mm-hmm. And another that you're like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the same genre, you know, right. and I think the same thing with kombucha. And Happy Leaf, I've always... I think because I was always kind of meeting so many people and doing these classes, I would get feedback immediately when people ate or mm-hmm. like or drank anything that I made. And when I started making Happy Leaf, I was like, well, I want to make a kombucha that's approachable, but also is like authentic mm-hmm. and, and, you know, not cutting corners. So, um, you know, and that just meant like perfecting the fermentation as as dialed in as it can be so it's not off-putting mm-hmm. you know like a lot of Too people yeah or, or like vinegary like mm-hmm. people like to say and some people love the vinegary stuff like I'll drink it but most people who are just getting to know it they're like oh my gosh why would I drink that right so um you know we were able to balance it out and um and scale it at the same time and so I think that and then the other part is um the sugar level. Sugar has been a big one for us. Um, ours are all four grams and under now. Okay. With no adding anything. You know, we're not adding any other flavorings or anything. So mm-hmm. that was a big one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of keeping it very simple and to the point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then coming up with those, like, refreshing flavor combos and things like that. Is that something that you personally do and come up with those flavors and try them yourself? Or does it go before, like, a panel of tasters? How does how do you guys come up with them? Yeah, the farmer's market stand is the panel of tasters, <laughs> the most honest tasters in the yeah, world. Right, honestly, yeah. yeah. No, it's true, which is good. I love it. Um, yes, so uh, I would come up with the flavors, you know, my – Whoever would be working with us would mm-hmm. have ideas. Like we were always asking people and making little mini jars of kombucha to like just mix and match. Them out. Yeah, yeah. But I love. I mean, I love cooking and mm-hmm. I love flavor combinations. So that was a big part of like making approachable kombucha because you have to balance out all the tart and mm-hmm. you know different flavors in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So you're you've got the restaurant, you've got the tap room and everything. So then you guys just went through a rebrand. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And I we saw the can. They're so cute. So kind of tell us how that came about, what, what the need was for that was, or if there was a need, or if it was just personal. Yeah. Well, it's everything, right? Because I think um, just like – I think if, if you're not changing, then you just kind of like become this old thing mm-hmm. that, you know, and that might not be a bad thing, but um, I definitely feel like – for me, getting into happy, you know, getting into the CPG consumer packaged goods world, or um, it, it's been such a huge learning experience. And from where I started to what I know now is, it's like I went the school of hard knocks. You know, mm-hmm. instead of going to business school, I just did it and learned quickly. Right. Um, and so I think. I, Happy Leaf has evolved with what you know what I've learned, and on um, you know through the through the process, and uh, I think, yeah, I, I you know, and I think where Happy Leaf is now, I was so excited to just kind of reinvent, and it it just so happened that we were in a pandemic, and I was like, we need something to focus on, and that's like, let's let's dial in our recipes, let's get this sugar down, let's you know let's let's talk about how we look. And mm-hmm. that also came with the fact that we're we're expanding a lot, so we're going to be on a lot more store shelves. 
um, and people don't know who we are, you know, in Texas. So right. we want to stand out and show people who we are just by looking at us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. What a great yeah. way to use COVID. To right. <laughs> it was like, okay, we got to do something. Something with our time. Might as well make it. Yeah. Useful. Make it pretty. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned some learnings. When you look back now on your experience as an entrepreneur, are there one or two things that really stand out that you would like to share? with any other listeners in the CPG world or otherwise who are just maybe getting started in their journeys? Yeah, gosh. I mean, you, I could tell, I could write books on like the amount of lessons I've learned and mm-hmm. some have been really hard and um, some have been really great. And I think in the end, like you just got to kind of take everything that's been thrown at you and make and uh, make the best of it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's that's probably the biggest piece of advice is like, even when you feel like everything's going wrong, it's really not, it, you know, to the outside world. I remember times when I was, when we would be going through like this, you know, kind of crisis at Happy Leaf. Like for instance, the health department scare where they they just didn't understand what we were doing because we were the first. And That's right. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, they've they never they've never had to inspect a brewery before. They didn't know what these. You know, these tanks and these mm-hmm. pumps and, you know, these vessels, these kegs. Mm-hmm. They're like, how is this? And so they just, they shut us down. The cease and desist on the, on the door, they were like, we don't understand this. You can't do it. Um, and that was like heart-wrenching. But at the same time, I was like, okay, you, how can I flip this? Because we're not going to stop. You know, and I think my heart was constantly telling me, like, well, you're going to have to fix it because I just knew I wanted to keep going. Um, I think if I didn't have the passion or desire to, like, figure it out, then I would have said, all right, doors are closed, you know. And so that's probably the biggest thing is, like, if you know in your heart and your gut that you should keep going, then you'll find a way. Hey, everyone. It's Sam. Just stopping by for a quick little listening break to encourage you to go grab your favorite kombucha or sparkling drink of choice and settle in for the rest of the episode as Emily and Jenny chat about Happy Leaf's health department scare and how they bounced back from it. So what happened with the health department? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Did you just convince them that what you were doing was... No, like it was legal. It was a fine. process. Okay. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> when they, when we, sh- when we all showed up to work, and that was like on the door, I just ran to the store and got some champagne, and I was like, "It's Mimosa Monday," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "We're gonna be fine and come back to this tomorrow, everybody." I love that approach. Yeah, because it's just too much to take on at once and try to, you know. So, like, what are you gonna do like, in that moment? Let's just the doors are closed. Yeah, the doors are closed. <laughs> no one's coming. We've in. got orange juice for yeah. days, so like, let's just let's just sit. And so that. that was like the first. That was the first thing we did, and then after that, it was like get to work. And mm-hmm. it was really just about educating, um, you know, creating HACCP plans, uh, showing, being very kind of vulnerable and open with the health department and everybody and teaching them what everything meant. And, um, you know, there was a lot of questions that almost, that didn't make sense. I'm like, well, we don't do, you know, that's not a, this isn't a kitchen, mm-hmm. like a commercial kitchen, you know, it's more of a brewery. So it was, we just went through a lot of educating and we helped create the kind of the HACCP plan that there, that's being used now for kombucha companies. I'm sure it's evolved, mm-hmm. you know, now, but so in doing that, you know, we opened back up and, um, and kept rolling. Wow. That's impressive. 
it was it was scary, but it was a huge lesson because I was right. like, all right, now I now I know exactly how to write a really good HACCP plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in case <laughs> you know, you know like to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can, and it's yeah. not as hard as it was then. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so speaking of going in front of people and all things like that, could you speak to your experiences as a female founder? Yeah. Um, I think that I grew up around a lot of men. You know, I have a twin brother. I have seven more brothers. I was oh my gosh. Raised by my father, so I think it was. I've always been comfortable, kind of holding my ground and not get not getting flustered. But it's definitely a thing, you know, mm-hmm. as a as a woman, um, you know, going to the the brewery store to like buy stuff and then getting the look of like, do you know what you need? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like ah, oh, okay. So I think that there's there's definitely that out there. There's also a ton of people out there that are uh, encouraging and supportive and like um, grateful to mm-hmm. to see women, especially when I started, I was much younger, <laughs> you know, so not much. <laughs> uh, I mean, I felt much younger. <laughs> um, so it's been cool to just be a woman and to see the support. And mm-hmm. then also kind of like work through the the unsupportive moments where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that exists, you right. know, and, it, and it's real. Um, and maybe I can teach you know, other women how to like that, hey, this might happen mm-hmm. or this is, you know, when this happens, just shake it off. Right. Kind of exactly. Thing. So, yeah, yeah I you think, need voices out there that can offer that. Yeah, you do. And also being really vo- like just really thanking the people that supported me, especially mm-hmm. like the, you know, the, the men that were maybe in much like higher level jobs and mm-hmm. kind of old, much older, this and that being very grateful for them and letting Mm -hmm. them know that. Um, I think that's big. And I think probably the last thing that sticks out was, is like being, so imagine being like 26 and trying to hire, you know, like men in their thirties and they're like, it's just a, it's at some point you're like, I trust me. I know what I'm doing. If you can follow me. So kind of gaining people's confidence was, Mm -hmm. was a big lesson. Creating that team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, with the Boulder Denver type community, can you kind yeah. of speak to your experience? Did, were you a part of any accelerators or incubators early? Um, no, you know we did. We did like a Kickstarter. Okay, we did that, um, and that was that helped us with our tap room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we didn't raise a ton considering what people are doing these days. Right. Um, but it was really really helpful, and our community like showed up for it, which was cool. Okay, um, that's cool. We did that in. Other than that, like there was just like, like a few little kind of like community funded um, loans or mm-hmm. in programs like that. Um, and then, yeah, that's really it. It was we pretty much just like, hey, when we make money, we, you know, we put it back. And as, as soon mm-hmm. as we feel comfortable to start taking paychecks and this and that, which is also scary because you're like people are relying on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um uh, you know, it's no secret that a small business has lots of ups and downs and very little safety net. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Know? So, yeah, getting yeah. over that hump, uh, that five-year mark, I would say, of, mm-hmm. okay, we can keep doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think even with all of the experience and knowledge that you have now and where you sit today, do you have the desire to do it again with anything else? Or do you think this will be it for you? Oh yeah, I have so many ideas. Oh man, really? That's so exciting. <laughs> I have so many ideas. Oh, I'm great. like it's to me it's so it's so thrilling and exciting to to see like 
the amount of work that's been put in, how many lessons I've learned. I mean, good, bad, ugly, you know, yeah. um, this and that and that, being able to take that and, and make more things or do more things. Yes, I mean, my like I said, my I've never been one to just not be able to, like, focus on something that I'm like really, really excited about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've got I've got lists of ideas. Oh my gosh, that's great! <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so great to you know that some of those obstacles and things didn't you didn't allow them to get or really keep you down. You know, especially yeah. the health department, a good example. But <laughs> I think a lot of people when they run into rejection, sometimes it's hard for them to overcome that for whatever reason, maybe an ego or maybe yeah. For whatever reason. So do you have any advice to people who are maybe hitting a wall and kind of how to bounce back from that? Yeah. uh, First of all, there's lots of walls. (laughs) And you're going to hit all of them, like, Mm -hmm. really fast. (laughs) That's what I've learned. Um, And... I think I think you nailed it. It's it's ego. It's humbly saying, "Hey, I really messed up and I need to fix this or I messed up and I need to figure out why or mm-hmm. how did I how did I get myself here and right. what can I do differently in the future to avoid this." Mm-hmm. And not and not just like judging yourself so much for it because mm-hmm. I think like a lot of people and that's that's maybe one thing like going to college would have definitely helped with like the confidence of all right well I know this and I know that as opposed to okay I need to know I need to figure out what I don't know you know yeah I mean I agree but also you know I don't know how many people really is that does that information become outdated or that's true. you wouldn't have gone to school for kombucha no, that's true. That's true. That's, yeah, yeah, you're right. That didn't exist. Um, no. But yeah, no, I think that anybody, I think that if you if you go into it just knowing that you can do it and sometimes it's going to hurt and then other times it's going to be like the most like amazing feeling and just you're like, wow, I'm so grateful to just be here mm-hmm. and where I'm at and just being in the present moment is a big one. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, you mentioned you're getting more cans and more stores. Yep. Tell me kind of about the future, where you see Happy Leaf going, any big milestones and things like that. Yeah. So I think that uh, the pandemic kicked us kicked in us the, in the butt. Yeah. Well, it was like, we'd always, I always wanted to kind of s- switch our business model, kind mm-hmm. of start changing it up for the future, um, you know, and was able to do that by a buyout of my partner and so that it was like, okay, we have one focus now and this is where, you know, Happy Leaf is going to go. And it was from, you know, focusing very small in our community, which we love and we're still going to do, but then opening up the opportunity of, um, you know, other states and, Mm -hmm. you know, national distribution. And, you know, how do we do that in a way that we maintain our, like, integrity as far as people understanding who we are and not just some kombucha that popped right. up one day mm-hmm. um, and and expand. And so that's – and then COVID hit, and it was like, well, you just lost all of your – every restaurant and bar just closed. So now, mm-hmm. you, now we had to focus on that. Right. And it was just like – and it taught me everything I needed, like, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was cool, and um, the whole industry is, like – very exciting and intriguing. It's mm-hmm. it's like a whole new world. <laughs> it has really popped off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. As a kombucha drinker myself, mm-hmm. it went from truly like two brands to 
12. Yeah. And like cold, like every store now has kombucha right. coolers. And mm-hmm. you're like, what? That's yeah. wild. Um, yeah. So I think now with, uh, with the rebrand and everything, we just launched Texas. Uh, with Central Market, awesome. which is super cool. They're an amazing grocery store. Um, so you can find us there now. Um, and then, you know, we opened up kind of the Rocky Mountain region. So we're kind of, we're slowly, you know, doing this and figuring out how, how people will find and accept us. And it's mm-hmm. going really well. Good. It's going really, really well. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of a final question just to wrap us up. And it's kind of a hard question but okay ultimately what is your definition of success yeah that's a good question <laughs> I think somebody else asked me that too <laughs> um yeah you know and that's that's always a tricky one because like what does success mean you know that's in why we general ask it. You could, for it could anybody be anything. yeah it could be anything and to be honest like I'll feel successful with happy leave when I can sit back and go okay now I can do the other things I want to do. On your list. Yeah, I can get to my other list and say, I got this to the place I wanted. It doesn't mean I want Happy Leaf in every state and every store everywhere, because I don't really think that that's where Happy Leaf belongs, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the successful part would be, okay, getting to that moment of like, this is it. Mm -hmm. We, We got it here, you know, and now kind of feeling energized to restart something else. And that would be like the moment of like, did it. And now we could just do it again. <laughs> right. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited to see what's on, on your list. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know about you personally or about your journey as an entrepreneur? Um, I don't know. You you kind of nailed it. <laughs> okay, great. I'll take it. <laughs> Wrap it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's great. No, I, I've... It's it's been a good journey. It's been really um, a lot of lessons learned. You know, it's nothing's ever easy if if you want to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm very glad to be here. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much. And just tell our listeners where they can find more about Happy Leaf on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Is it at Happy Leaf? Yep. So yep. At okay. Happy Leaf. Uh, Happy Leaf Kombucha for Instagram and you know HappyLeafKombucha.com. Um, and then you could always find at stores, like, uh, start looking at King Supers. Oh, we just nice. launched that as well, just in Colorado. Okay. Um, so the more people that are looking for it there, the right. better. Yes. Um, you know, and then of course. I was course, just there yesterday. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> you have to kind of like, I'm learning their store now, which is yeah. a new, a whole new world as well. Yeah. But yeah, there and Whole Foods and, you know, kind of your local breweries and the beer spa. The beer right? spa where I will your be next this weekend. favorite people, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jen. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. To learn more about today's guest, please visit startupblogpost.com. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of Sliced, please email newsroom at startupblogpost.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.